Everybody, welcome to another episode of Make My Mania, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster and host of the program, webmaster of spidey-dude.com and executive producer of the Spidey Radio Network. Before we get started with this particular episode of Make My Mania, I kind of got to give a bit of a disclaimer. Me and Kelly were talking after the episode, and well, we felt like we needed to give this disclaimer that we are far more adult in our language in this particular episode than we have been pretty much the entire existence of Make My Mayday. And considering the subject matter at hand, you'll kind of understand. So we're, t- we're talking about Spider-Verse, the first half of it, at least in this particular episode. And uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, though, I have to give our audio shout-outs to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Network. Our $1 and up patrons get this audio edition shout-out. So thanks to Greg, thanks to Lisa, and thanks to ultimatefangirl.exe. If you want to be a part of the community and get these special little perks, you can certainly do that. Now, for our $25 and up perks, there is a uh, fireside chat type episode coming very soon, where it's me, Kelly, and Neil talking about some things that we probably couldn't cover on the main episode of that. So, if you want to check that out, that's going to be for our uh, ultimate or top tier patrons. And a special thank you for their support over the last few years and uh, their continued support. So thank you, guys. Of course, if you want to check out our other great shows, I'll mention those at the top of the episode. Check those out as well. And we got some more stuff coming to you very, very soon. So thanks to you guys. Thanks to, if you want to be a part of the program before, before we turn it completely over to the regular part of the episode. Uh, be sure to leave us an email, makemymayday at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this whole Spider-Verse thing. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail if you want your voice on the uh, on the voicemail line. You can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. So thanks for watching. If you're watching, watch this live on YouTube. And if you're listening here on this Audio Edition podcast, thank you. And without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Make My Mayday. Part of, of course the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Make Mine Mayday, the show about Spider-Girl and her world. We are on our multiversal jaunt through the multiverse here with this episode covering Spider-Verse. If, uh, well, uh, we appreciate everybody watching, and if you have not, go to patreon.com slash Network. All of our patrons over there on Patreon, such as Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Catherine, Kale, Kegar, Laura Howard, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, Jurgen, and Adam. Thank you guys for your support over there on patreon.com slash network. And of course, our VIPs, other Scott, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead, thank you guys for your support over on Patreon. Of course, if you haven't checked out our other great shows here on the network, check out Clone Saga Chronicles and Spectacular Radio, our shows, part of the Spidey Dude Vault series. We got uh, also Amazing Spider-Man Classic Season 1, part of that series too. And then uh, Season 2 of that show was uh, with Javi and Jack Trujillo. We got the Salby Sima era podcast, a new podcast that just dropped uh, the new audio version of the podcast dropped uh, today. So you got to check out the latest episode as of this recording and voices from the eerie Agar Girls podcast just had their latest episode drop 
uh, this past Friday. Uh, and of course, we got Books of X, our Patreon first show, uh, starring me and Neil Bogenreiter, and that will be going now officially, Patreon first. So thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Or we'll see you next time. Uh, and of course, we get started with Kelly McDaniel. Hello, Kelly. Are you okay? I, I This story broke my brain. Let's just put it that way. Well, <laughs> it broke everyone's brain. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, we're we're definitely not leaving. We haven't started yet. Um, I know, yeah, no, I know you want to run. I know you want to run, but we're, we're, it is the can't, best of can't, times. Can't do that. We've we've promised this. We have talked about it since the very beginning. People have wanted our opinions and wanted us to do this episode so badly, and here we are. <laughs> so tell uh, everybody. Tell tell everybody at home. <laughs> What are we covering tonight? You still can't speak, right? Um, we are going over Spider-Verse. Um, we are calling it part one of two. I know last episode I did state we would go over all of it. Um, obviously not, because for some reason my brain decided, no, no, no. It, only, it ends at issue 12. No, it doesn't. Um, and we do have team up that we have to discuss in part two. Thank God. Um, it's our palate <laughs> cleanser for the rest of the stuff. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, we're going to go over issues eight through 12 of amazing Spider-Man volume three from 2014. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, as we want to hold on, before we go into it, we do need to kind of bring up some housekeeping and some news and, of course, our history. So, um, you know, as as stated in housekeeping, I my brain forgot that this goes until Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3, number 15. So my bad. Um, just very much wishful thinking. Um, we wanted this to be one episode, but when we got to looking at the scope of this event... We, we can't make it one episode. Well, no, no, no. I never I, I never intended on going past five issues. I just was hoping it was only five issues. I forgot. I wanted to forget. Technically, technically, all of May's part of the story probably only is like equals five issues. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh, what, I'm going to let you start with news. All right. So there is some news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we're recording this the Sunday, the final day of the uh, convention. When the audio edition comes out, obviously, uh, it'll have long passed. But we always want to support our friends Tom, Ron, Salvi Sema, and Pat. Tom and Pat are finally have finally had their miniseries collaboration announced at this weekend's San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Coming this November, the dynamic duo are telling an untold tale of the original Secret Wars storyline from 1984. So be sure to pre-order this when you can. Reserve your copy at the comic shop so that way you know you're getting your copy. And if you miss it, you can always also purchase it through Comixology. I will include, after the show, I will include a link down in the description. Um, and I will also uh, include make sure that link is also included with the audio edition. So if you're listening to the audio edition, it'll be in that uh, in that description box. So that is all the news uh, that came out that's pertinent to our uh, to our show. But we, uh, I am planning a San Diego wrap up, possibly this next week. I, but just like, share, and subscribe to the channel so that way you can keep up with everything, especially with the fact that. 
uh, for the audio listener, we had to delay this this uh, this episode several times because of technical issues. So hopefully uh, we don't have any of those for the rest of the episode. Fingers crossed. But uh, to jump to the history portion of our of our um, episode, so there's. Oh, do we want to start? All right, we're gonna preface before we go into the history and then go yes. into, um, you know, our breakdowns of the issues and our reviews. Um, I want to make sure that this is very clear. We are not here to bash anybody. We are giving this, you know, as much of positivity as we possibly can. Um, it, it is hard and we will criticize fairly, but we're gonna criticize the work. We're not tearing down creators. We're not going to take cheap shots unless it's funny and <laughs> uh, factual. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as we go on, you'll see like there was a lot that I kind of had to punch up the explanations and punch up the script to even make it make sense story-wise. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the fact that, unfortunately, this is not the best series. We know this. It's got a lot of uh, errors, including uh, it not being the first multiverse event of Marvel's history. <laughs> and with that, I will go to Zach. Okay, so I I'm going to point this out for the sake of completionism. All right. Completionistism, as I, as I wrote it. It's not a word, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, as an oral history of the Spider-Girl series and character, I feel it's our duty to remind you that the issues 10 and 11 of the first series were supposed to be taking place in the history of nine, Earth 982, where similar circumstances to Earth 616 mirror one another. That's foreshadowing. Just want to point that out. Uh, meanwhile, we'll as we'll a concept... That a lot. Sorry, we'll be doing that a lot. <laughs> asking, asking you to hold on to things for later. Sorry. All right, keep going. You're, you're good. Uh, as a concept, Spider-Man meeting an alternate version of himself wasn't new. Spider-Man meets 2099. Spider-Man 2099 came out in November 15th of 95. This was written by Peter David with art by Rick Leonardi and Al Williamson on the inks. Our friend Al from Spider-Girl. Uh, 2099 at the time was considered an alternate future, much like Earth 982 of the 616. But this story was the first time we saw an event of two Spider-Men of two universes teaming up. And no, Scar Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider does not count. This is two different universes, two Spider-Men, right? Later in other media, on January 31st, 1998... The two-part finale of Spider-Man the Animated Series was released, written by John Semper. Our, who I look, have a... Look, we, we, would not, we would not be giving Semper any credit unless credit is due. I promise you. <laughs> this is absolutely true. The story called titled I Really, Really Hate Clones and Farewell Spider-Man had Spider-Man of the Animated Series team up with five different versions of himself. A powerless one the one supposedly of our Earth, so Christopher Daniel Barnes himself, uh, one who wore the 1990s Spider-Man armor that had all the success in the world, hmm. a Spider-Ock who got Otto Octavius's tentacles, oh, a six- Huh. 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm really, I'm really not, I'm really not being um, 
snarky for snark's sake. I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> a six-armed Spidey who mutated into Man Spider, which is a reference to season two of the show. And Ben Riley is the Scarlet Spider fighting Spider Carnage, which was not Ben Riley, but Peter Parker. Uh, in the story, the group has to stop Spider Carnage from destroying all of reality, and nothing will ever be the same if, if not. Because of this specific story beat, John Simper has consistently attempted, unsuccessfully, I would might add, to take credit for such a story in Spider-Man. And then we flash forward to September 9th, 2010. A video game was released in North America for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, no, Nintendo Wii, PC, and uh, later, the PC release was later, and Nintendo DS called Shattered Dimensions. This was notable for bringing four Spider-Men together, Amazing, Ultimate, Noir, and 2099 to fight Mysterio to save the multiverse. The game was notable for bringing the four Spider-Man voice actors together for the very first time. You had Amazing was done by Neil Patrick Harris of the, of the MTV series. Ultimate was done by Josh Keaton of Spectacular Spider-Man. Kind of ironic. Noir was done by Christopher Daniel Barnes of the 90s animated series. And 2099, Dan Galizian of Spider-Man and his amazing friends from the 1980s. The multiversal event needed to occur to have multiple Spider-Men together. The game was written by Dan Slott, along with Mark Hoffmeyer. The sequel was released in 2011 called Edge of Time that had two Spideys. Uh, 2099 was voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes and Amazing was voiced by Josh Keaton. But that was not written by Dan Slott. That was written by Peter David. As we mentioned in the last episode, in 2011, Roger Stern brought the American Dream into a story with four other Captain Americas, as we covered in the last episode. And finally, in 2012, Spider-Man, brought the Spider-Man of Earth-616 and the Spider-Man Miles Morales of Earth-1610 together for the first time, thanks to, once again, Mysterio. So when this was announced, this story, this was a multi-marketing bonanza campaign. Marvel pushed this thing insanely hard. From releasing a mobile game that had all the Spider characters, including April and Mayday, to a four-part episode of the Disney XD show Ultimate Spider-Man, where we notably had a gender swap Spider-Girl named Petra Parker, not Peter Parker. So this is, again, not the first time we've seen these type of things. The origins of the story, in terms of the story part, were seeded by slot during Superior Spider-Man. During the 2099 storyline, we see a time loop created. And there was an editor's note at the time saying that we would see this story later. I feel like I need to remind people that with the double shipping of ASM, these stories are planned out in terms of plot far more in advance thanks to that double shipping method. This started with a thrice, month uh, thrice a month release and then continued on. Uh, Superior ended with Peter Parker becoming the real Superior Spider-Man. And this was originally going to be a Superior Spider-Man story with Peter from the not-too-distant past contrasting the Spock era. But it was pushed back when Marvel wanted to leave to have Peter return as the one true Spider-Man. <laughs> Clone Saga reference. So to that launch of Volume 3. Volume 3 came out around the time of Amazing Spider-Man 2. So corporate synergy being what it is, they had to have Peter Parker back in the suit. Uh, Silk was introduced as a part of the original Sin crossover event. That was a part of issue four of this volume. And Peter is horny for her because reasons. So... With that, we now get to the breakdown. 
and I mean, I'm going to turn this over to Kelly. I'm, I'm. Now you've broken my brain because you were just like four reasons on the Cindy. Simping. Okay. Um, so, so look, look, just, just so y'all know, it's disgusting and sexist. I, I knew I was just teeing you up for that because <laughs> I knew you were going I, look, to have I, something. To well, say. I don't want to bring it up, but if we have to bring up the whole situation that was happening before we get into ASM eight, even though I mostly focus on six pages of that issue, um, Cindy, Cindy had just debuted a few issues earlier. Is that correct? Like she's pretty new. Yeah, and she, she, uh, she this is this is yeah, before she, her origin was fixed. Um, yeah, this was uh, she came in uh, issue four of volume three was her first. OK, her, cool. Her first so four issues prior, uh, she had come in and we find out that she was living in a bunker and her pheromones. Make Peter horny. And they can't keep their they can't keep them can't keep off of each other, like literally. Yeah, because, you know, Asian bride held in captivity most of her life. Totally appropriate. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, we, we ha we're, we're tr look, we're trying our best to be. We are. We fair. are trying. We are trying very hard. But when but, there's um, when there's things that need to be called out, we will call it out. Well, you know, when she's being called the bride in Spider-Verse. I'm going to bring it up. Yeah. Also her first costume uh, where it looks like bondage, toilet paper, etc. Um, is disgusting. I, I don't um, know how Dan that Slott, passed. I see you. I don't know how that passed. Editorial. I do. I, I mean, I do, but like, because <laughs> I mean, we talked about I mean, certain we've... editors. And we've, also, and we've also talked about what's currently going on in comics and what they thought was okay. Because again, and this is the first time I think on Make Mine Mayday, I'm going to get truly, truly bitter and snarky here. But it is a circle jerk of a bunch of men in their boys club, not looking at the bigger picture of what they're actually putting out and what it actually, the context of what it actually means. Yes. And it is disgusting. So, obviously, as you can tell, it's been almost 10 years. Nothing has changed. And with that, let's right, get Kayla. into what they chose to do to Mayday. Uh, yeah, I really tried to be super positive here. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. If you hadn't brought it up, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> here we are. This is how we start. This this okay, this issue is hard for us to cover and we're and it's and we will get into it. That's all well, I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into it. So um we're gonna do a little bit of a weird thing here. We're going to break down issue eight, review it, and then Zach is gonna take nine and ten, break them down together, and we'll review that. And then I'll break down 11 and 12 and we'll review that. This is mostly so that way we can try to keep things balanced um, time-wise. Because again, after these six issues in issue eight that we focus on, May is not the main character. All right. So we just focus on her and her story. Uh, and of course, Benji, since that's a part of her story, but we really don't focus on too much else. And that's just because... Look at our show name. 
Make Mine Mayday. We're only going to focus on her story. And with that, I get to start reading my stuff now. All right. So uh, cover date. So it's Amazing Spider-Man volume three, number eight. Cover date is December 2014. On sale date, October 22nd, 2014. Almost six years to the date that we got What If 105. Just a fact to bring up here. All right. And believe me, I'm going to continue to point little things out. Uh, cover price was $3.99. The page count was 28 pages with 19 pages of actual story. The editor was Nick Lowe. Cover credits. Penciler uh, Giuseppe Chemicali. Inker Cam Smith. Um, and then it just has Fabella uh, as the color for the, the cover. Um, we're going to go over only the six-page B story called My Brother's Keeper, Dan Slott as writer, Humberto Ramos on pencils, Victor uh, Olezaba on inks, Edgar Delegato on colors, Chris Elipolitos uh, letter. Hopefully I pronounced this correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. I did try. All right. So, um... Who wrote that? Was that you, Zach, or was that Neil? Wrote what? Are we not going to talk about Anna Maria Marconi? Oh, that that was that was me. That was me. That was me. Yeah, that was my joke. Yeah, no, we're not we're not talking about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the Google Doc. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, I, I, don't don't hijack my breakdowns. My bad. I'm with sorry. your notes, <laughs> at least color code. Please color code it so I know. I meant I meant to I meant to put a highlight on it. That was my bad. I apologize. Okay. Anyway, so uh, we're only going to go over the B story. We're not going to go over the main story. Although I will bring up the fact that the main story is most of this issue. Um. So again, going off this cover to start off with, even though the main story is the team up with Miss Marvel, uh, the cover it, for this is Edge of Spider Verse. Basically, it's like focusing on the edge of Spider-Verse story, all about Spider-Girl and her last stand. Uh, I want to make note of this cover before we deep dive into the Mayday part of the story. This is the start of Spider-Verse. This is what kicks the events off. This entire cover is focusing on the B story that, again, is only six pages out of 23 issues. May is in her suit, which is tattered from the fiery fight. It looks like she is fighting. It looks like she is getting up to stand and fight. Um, you know, and of course, the tagline... Like I said, the tagline of the Amazing Spider-Man cover is Spider-Girl's Last Stand. The main story, the 14 other pages uh, in this is only shown in the corner of the cover page, which I think is pretty noteworthy. And again, making note of this as we discuss this issue. Along with the weird page in the beginning, naming every editor in person dealing with publishing for this issue, which I found odd. But of course, maybe that's just because I can't remember when that was normal in these comics um because i've never seen where the publisher is named unless it's a big big event so they clearly thought this issue kicked off a big event and they wanted everyone who was involved to have their name on it think about that um so 
again, um, you know, the main story is just a team up. It's a little romp um, before we get into the six pages that, of course, I have a feeling are going to take up most of tonight's episode. Uh, so let's get started. Forest Hills, Queen, Earth, 982. West is holding on, trying to get an inheritor, Deimos, off of Spider-Girl's neck as we see the Parker house burning and crumbling around them. Mayday is narrating as she tells us that she's the Spider-Girl. It's written like that. She is the Spider-Girl. And she's fought so hard and for so long, and she's tried her best to be a hero, but now she'd give anything to not die. Wes continues to do everything he can to get Deimos off May, telling him he'll stop him. But Deimos gets tired of Wes's futile attempts and throws him across the room, knocking him out. May internally is worried and wondering if she led this monster here to her home. Mary Jane, who's holding Benji, who at least in this panel looks like to be about the right age as we saw him, again, making notes about this for later because I will continue to bring up Benji's age in all of this. Um, Mary Jane calls out to Peter, whose bionic leg looks to be crushed from the beginning of the onslaught by Deimos. He tells Mary Jane, and this is where I'm proceeding to punch up the panel script just a bit. I'll continue to do this even more as we keep going. Um, that he's got to help Mayday. So even with his busted bionic leg, he's got to be better than okay. He needs to be amazing. Literally, this dialogue is so clunky. But, you know, again, I do understand this is six pages. They only had six pages to work with, so it's not a dig yet. Uh, because, you know, we know that it could be a lot worse, especially in today's uh, writing environment. But the dialogue is very clunky here and will continue to be so. It's like the creative team assumed you knew everything and everyone and could read their minds. Uh, the story wasn't written for people who didn't know their spider history or multiverse knowledge. Um, and I just want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, Deimos is impressed by Peter's gumption, and May's narration reminds us that even though her dad is tired, hurt, and missing a leg, he can still do the impossible. As Peter fights Deimos, Deimos tells him his real intention of coming here. It wasn't to eat just Spider-Girl. I'm guessing this was said to them off-panel. He's there to eat Peter, May, and Benji. Uh, who in one panel has no hair and then in another one has a head full of hair and it he both gets slightly smaller every time he's drawn. Just gonna keep mentioning it. The incredible shrinking Benji. Uh, so anyway, Peter can sense the threat Deimos is and tells Mary Jane to run. Get the kids to safety and he tells her how much he loves her. Mary Jane runs to May and tells her to get up quickly like her throat wasn't just almost crushed by Deimos earlier. Um, and she tells Mayday not to worry about Wes or her dad. What? And that she's got to get her brother to safety. That he's her responsibility now. Okay. Uh, and Mary Jane runs back to Peter as Mayday runs out with Benji. And we hear Mary Jane scream as the house seemingly implodes. Which again, I know six pages and I know this was just a further plot. But this was the worst out-of-character dialogue for both characters. And we'll get into that in our reviews. But it makes me feel really icky. This entire scene is just icky. Uh, so... Another portal opens. Something Mayday mentions happens again off panel with Deimos, or had again happened with Deimos off panel. 
And the last stand, Spider-Man comes walking out with Spider-Man UK, telling May and Benji to come with them if they want to live. They advise they are spiders from other dimensions and they are here to help. Great. So help, May asks. Uh, Don't just stand there. Let's help my dad. Uh, But Benji seemingly, and Benji seemingly gets smaller here, though his head doesn't. Like his head is normal size and his body is tiny. I just want to point that out. Um, So again, just mentioning it. Sadly, according to Last Stand's readings, only two spider totems are here. May and baby Ben. May, with brown eyes, again, pointing stuff out for later, clutches Benji and asks if that means her father is gone. Deimos, seen in the fiery rubble of the house, calls out that Peter's been consumed and tells us his flavor profile, but I'm not getting into that bullshit. The other spiders seem remorseful that they got there too late, but there's no more time. They need to leave to save May and Benji. Deimos seems to just stand there, basically, you know, as much as he was trying to eat three people. After eating one, he's just like, all right, whatever, bye. Uh, And, you know, warns he'll find them and consume them one way or another. May clutches to the ever-shrinking Benji and vows she's saving her brother. She'll avenge her family by breaking every vow she's ever been taught, by denouncing every value her father ever held and taught her. She will kill Deimos. And Deimos tells her that she's more than welcome to try to be continued in Spider-Verse. So let's chat, Zach. What are your thoughts? (laughs) that last line of maze kills me every time i read it because it's antithetical to everything that if you've read spider girl like we have from the beginning it it don't work um i'll explain that in a second firstly i have you've mentioned the things about the artwork this artwork suffers from what i like to call deadline ramos Humberto Ramos, when he has time to devote to the craft, can provide great artwork. But this is not it. It it felt like with Slot and Ramos working together, he was constantly rushing. Good example. Well, hey, 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 hey. We've all seen that Disney uh, Plus episode, right? Um, Where a certain someone literally literally thinks it's okay to spend all of his time on um, Twitter, our social media, which of course we said we would mention and bring up in previous episodes. And we probably need to bring it up here. Um, But um, maybe, you know, maybe things would be written better and feel more concise if it had more than one draft. Yeah. I mean, because maybe someone's spending too much time on the internet. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, examples here in my notes I, you know 20 during during san diego 2011 like he had to cut his floor time short in artist alley for commissions and such to go work on pages because the pages were behind schedule because they shifted everything around I, it's not i'm literally i'm sorry i as much as i will give ramos criticism for criticism like yeah, when that's... it's appropriate um mm-hmm. i don't think the issue of time is his fault when it no. comes to slot. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the Marvel 616 on Disney plus part of that. I know was played up for laughs, but there's a ton of truth to it. Otherwise they wouldn't have had it. I love the and, fact that I love the fact that it felt like they thought they were in on the joke. And it's like, I don't think you realize 
this shows the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's not um, funny. Like, it wasn't jokey. Like, this probably has way too more truth to it than it should have. Yeah. And, and frankly, it's embarrassing. It's, if I was Dan Slott, I would be embarrassed by that entire thing. Well, because it, it comes off like he doesn't take his job seriously. Exactly. Um, and, you know, to me, it shows the, the, the rushing and the being behind when you put the hierarchy out, right? Because a lot of his artwork feels rushed, in my opinion, throughout the entire story. But it, sh it really does show for me when Ra he's working with Ramos more than others. Because if you look at Ramos on other books, mm -hmm. you look with at Ramos even with Nick Spencer on a similar schedule, I felt like the artwork was far tighter with Spencer and Ramos on Spider-Man. Even, even Paul Jenkins and Ramos on Spider-Man. I mean, it, before his style evolved, I'm like, it just seems to be a specific problem when he's working specifically with Slot. Narratively, from a structural standpoint, this is meant to disorient you, to try to put you in the shoes of Mayday. And so as a result of this, you have this structure that feels... You're, you're, you're giving this way too much credit. I, I know I am. <laughs> I know I am. But I'm trying. Okay. this is me trying to be legitimately fair. Which is, uh, yes, and that's, uh, you You are trying to make sense of this in the best way possible, which is mm -hmm. entirely, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it fair, because I do it too, where you're trying to make sense of everything and you're trying to make it fit. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we're basically, we're basically doing what most storytellers would already give you, because they actually know how to write a story. Um, <laughs> yes. What? sorry um but <laughs> the thing is is that we're giving the team too much credit by connecting those dots right period uh, you know this it, is the first time that we've seen may since tw early 2011 yes it's been three years that, uh, in timeline terms three, three almost, actually. almost four yeah, yeah almost four and um yeah that this was not the greatest thing, especially too leading up to this when they first announced and first showed off the cover and showed how Mayday was the focus and how and you know she's going to kick off the Spider Verse. Slot was very boastful, very egotistical, mm -hmm. uh, and proud that he was bringing Spider Girl back to the masses and how he was doing such a good favor to all the strong fans of spider girl and how, you know, please, how much please. he admired them and all this other stuff while also subtly digging at us and making fun of us for how the fans had carried uh, spider girl over the years. Yeah. I mean, and this issue mm -hmm. was a slap in the face from all of Agreed. that. I gave him the benefit of the doubt and you know, we brought I, I, Sorry. No, you're, you're good. I mean, we, we brought, um, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into like the reaction of this, you know, in terms of, again, from the narrative standpoint, this is all his lost moment, right? Because you, they, he wants to make you invested in Mayday. No, he doesn't. That's the point. But the problem is you can't, you can't start that story there because again, going back to what you just said, we hadn't seen this character in three years. This is not a character that 
while it there was a lot of mass people that read those digests and stuff like that, as we covered on this show, like the the general your usual comic fans, right? They they oh okay, your Mayday's back. Uh, it's the thing is is none of this none of the stakes that are presented here is earned. It's just there. So yeah, so that while the stakes are not. Yeah, there were little seeds and stuff like that with other things that we had saw in previous mm. issues leading up to this. This right. is the first prelude, though. This is the official prelude. He's expecting, you already know what's going on. And you already know that the inheritors are back and they're doing this. Uh, this was the first time to really, essentially, this was more of the shock value. We're going to kill a character. Who can we kill? We'll kill a Peter. We'll kill May's dad. And look at how shocking that is. Not understanding that the dynamics that he just created ultimately destroy what makes 982, 982. But I also think, too, Slot did know. And at this time, because now he'll pretend that, oh, he he wasn't aware. Just like he'll pretend that he's not aware, uh, you know, of how fetish-y Silk was in the beginning. He was aware. He's a grown man. He was aware. Uh, it, yeah, and I know. People... I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like the whole. Oh, he's just. He's just a he, nerd. He he's just one of us. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. And we're gonna. Cur- I'm gonna curse a lot. I'm gonna try my best to keep it. This is the stuff where, when I tell you someone is a sexist man child, I mean it, <laughs> and I mean it because look at the work. Look at this work. Um. Again, it, this was this. This was done. This did made dirty. This did the world dirty. This, yeah. and it's yeah. not just the. Here's these six issues. We have to put. We have to make this punch so we can get this plot moving forward. Dirty. This could have been done with anybody. This could have been done with any this other wasn't, thing. This this wasn't fridging Mayday, but this was fridging the entire universe of Mayday. And well, you know, it's not it's not frigid. You, and yeah. I I'll, I'm going to I'm going to fight you on that. That's not this is well, not, I mean, I mean, this in is terms nothing of nothing like fridging. OK, no, uh, it's not. It's not. We're going to keep fridging the way fridging is. Miss Marvel was fridged. This is not fridging. Peter okay. did not get fridged. Um, This this is different. This was done with the intentional gut punch. To you know, as we'll see towards the end being used to make May a woman, which was bullshit. And they clearly didn't know that at the time. This was just to cause chaos and uh, shock and awe. And it's done in a way that, you know, nobody cared. Um, I mean, Zach, I don't know if you're done. I keep interrupting you, so I apologize. Uh, But we'll (laughs) go with my... I've got... I've got... Several other points I was going to bring, and mainly was to dovetail for some of the things you were saying. You know, you, you talk about how this there was seeds planted. They killed off the Amazing Friends universe with freaking Miss Lion howling over the over her family, essentially being brutally slaughtered. Uh, the you brought up during your review the 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 final line. It's the most egregious bit, and this one of the most egregious bits in this oh, entire. I mean, issue. I haven't I haven't brought that up. Just like I haven't brought up the out of character stuff i've made points to it i haven't brought it up yet yeah. that's what i'm saying okay. like i might okay. need to bring up what my review is before we bring up your other points okay that's fine um just you know talk wise so that's yeah. kind of why i'm 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 sitting here i'm wondering i'm like should i just go through mine 
and then go, go, go ahead and go through yours and I'll, and I'll, I'll pepper mine. What I would, you know, my thoughts, my thoughts on it as you, as you go. So. Okay. So again, um, Oh, well, I did. Did I not bring it up? Hold on. Where am I? What the heck? Did you erase my notes? You erased my notes. I don't think I did. Yeah. No, I don't. They're not here. I, okay. Let me look at the. Uh... It's fine. Oh. It's fine. We're just going to go into it. I mean, yeah. I've already talked about it, but you totally erased my notes. Yay. Um, but yeah, no. So. Um, it's fine but um yeah so you know to bring up going back to the icky part uh mm -hmm. where mary jane is very out of character um yes should she care about her children getting out yes um to the point of caring about the baby she doesn't care that the fact may almost got crushed to death not cool the fact that she doesn't seem to care about wes at all not cool um her running back in to save Peter, yes, that's fine. But the clunky dialogue of that going, no, save your brother. This is what you need to do. That's not Mary Jane. Um, and it, so I don't, it, it, it comes off really bad. But again, look at who's writing, especially look at who's writing Mary Jane, someone he notoriously hates as a character to the point that, you know, he routinely thinks it's funny to bring up the Emma Stone SNL skit calling mary jane a skank um so you know that also came off as not that great because that was around the same time this was happening i believe uh amazing spider-man 2 was coming out around the same time yeah yeah it actually was yeah um, and that was why he uh peter's in the costume again yeah and so again the dialogue is clunky and weird may we get this big huge cover of may looking like she's gonna fight to her last breath I fully thought this was going to be about her dying, saving her universe or her universe getting destroyed um, because of the way that, you know, the lead up had been and you saw her on the cover and no, she runs away. That's not May. That's not May at all. Um, you know, and then you add in. Like, like I said, the whole thing is disgusting. You add in that last line about I vow to throw all the things I learned. I'm going to kill you. Um, what in the 13-year-old boy who just took their first creative writing shop class, like summer school lesson at a church in the middle of nowhere, is this? <laughs> um, I, I used to write fan fiction when I was a preteen. Yeah. I wrote things similar to that as a preteen. Yep. For free. Uh, I didn't get paid to write that shit preach sister um i was doing it, the same thing but that's what i'm saying is think about like how like does that just roll off the tongue to you no it, when it, i it i literally it doesn't I make sense i literally read it out loud to myself to see if it, if if saying it out loud made it better and as i put in my in, in my notes it's like you're doing an animated series and you're being voice directed by bill shatner the the way the lines delivered and the way the the bubbles are, it, you have like all these unnecessary pauses for dramatic effect. I'm like, well, it's and, it's just and, bad. 
and two and so into like you know we don't see anything previously and mm-hmm. i even had to go back to see like do we ever see like where Deimos pops out in front of the house no so we start off like this so essentially we can assume all right wes is there maybe they were having a family dinner maybe this was wes finally meeting the parents um you know even though they totally were watching them kiss out on the porch in that there, last there were... in spider girl the end yeah but um the thing is is this is not friendly it's not new reader friendly it's not even you know amazing spider-man only friendly it's not especially because this was hot off the heels of superior spider-man which a lot of fans got into superior spider-man from the beginning didn't really know the history definitely didn't know mayday or the multiverse um this is not friendly to them which is what i said earlier you know if you don't know your spider knowledge and your spider history you're not going to understand anything at all. You probably don't even know who Wes is at the beginning. And like, yeah. it's a good, it's a good full page before you ever get Wes's name. And she goes, Wes, my boyfriend, huh? It, whatever. I just, I, the way that she is written, the way May is written is so wooden and is so not her. Yes. Oh, okay. It needs to be narrated by her because, it, you know, she narrated her original series but where is, where is this May? Like, where is this, her, her gumption? Where is her, her unwillingness to give up? She would have never, like, she would have pushed her mother and her brother out of that house. She wouldn't have left that house. No, well, yeah, you I mean. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the, my, none of the, this makes sense. The mayday of. Uh, season of the serpent when she's got the entire weight of the world on her shoulders and she's fighting to to until her very dying breath she's not again like you say she's not one that's going to turn tail and run away and secondly she does believe that everybody can be saved even the most irredeemable people now she did just watch her entire house blow up. She does not know her mom is alive. She doesn't know Wes is alive. Right. Uh, which, oops, sorry, spoilers. Who cares? This thing is trash. Um, but, you know, she just saw Peter's dead body being held by Deimos. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and... I, I get her saying, I'm going to kill you. That's cool. I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me as much. It's the whole, I vow to destroy everything I've learned. Who says that? Nobody. Like, that's yeah, my thing. Like, it you, just you doesn't come off organic. It doesn't mm-hmm. come off. It literally takes you out of the scene that should be so destructive in a in a good way. Like, it should be emotionally destructive to you as the reader, to you as the fan. Mm-hmm. That shit took me out because it is wooden. It is, it is a 12-year-old writing a fan fiction or a role play on pro boards. Uh, holler to anybody that was on writing uh, X-Men role play on pro boards. <laughs> yes, I was 12. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, no. So again, this is my thing. <laughs> it's, this is trash. He couldn't even, he, he set all of this up to be such an amazing kickoff. The marketing, like, you know, I, I will, I'll give slot credit. He wants to be Stanley so damn bad. 
he's good at trying to showboat and making promises that he can't keep about, which of course, uh, you know, no offense to uh, Stan Lee, because uh, he at least also could put, you know, money where his mouth was most of the time. Uh, Slot can't. But the issue is a Slot led this up. Slot got all his fanboys riled up. So then, of course, if anybody said anything about being nervous about somebody else taking the reins of Spider-Girl for the first time in 16 years, essentially. Yeah. For this story, which was a big deal. Gets them where they're running them off the internet. They're sitting there. They're trying to swap them. Because you can't dare say a bad thing about Dan Slot on the internet. Which is something that happened to me. And all I did was just say I was worried. I mean... Um, my my worries were validated in this issue. Uh, you know, um, same here. I, I You know, this, is, this isn't a unique story for me. Because it was the first time that I covered a Spider-Girl story. In terms of podcasting. That was brand new. And I remember seeing the uh the advertisers you know the advertisements and all all the build up and all the lead up and i'm and people are going oh aren't you excited that you're no i'm nervous and every time unfortunately one of my favorite characters has been written by this current editorial team and or writing staff i have been disappointed and this was the beginning of that for me uh, I went back and, and listened to, to the old Crawl Space yeah. episode um, just so that way I could remember, okay, what points did I make? Uh, are the points the same? Is my opinions the same? Because I've read this several times over the last couple of weeks. Um, and nothing changed. I, I hoped that coming at it with a fresh set of eyes, I would have a bit of a different perspective. But when it comes to Spider-Girl, Everything was just made worse. This um, shock and awe tactic with these the inheritors. Other writers have done it done well with it. Moreland's first story was a shock and awe story, but Moreland, in my opinion, only works if he's a one and done guy. Every time they've brought him back ever since, and even the and now adding all this. Uh, extended backstory and all these family members that we never seen before until this story um, diluted the story or diluted the character and frankly make it to where I, I, I could go. I could go forever, never seeing Moreland show up in another Spider-Man story. And I'm good. Um, the, the you had to, going back to what you were saying, slots, Twitter feed, you almost had to read slots, Twitter feed as a supplemental piece Oh, almost... oh, oh, and you remember the Haiti of that? How do you not know? <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm a... sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, as we're talking about it, I'm getting angry all over again, and we're going back to the. Let's be fair. This guy was an effing dick. I do think he's mellowed out. I do, yes, he has apologized for some of his behavior. Mm-hmm. However, before this issue, and the reason why I was so worried was uh, uh, from superior spider-man from the disgustingness from that scene with awk in peter's body on mary jane uh yeah. just in general of using peter's body 
and getting into relationships in Peter's body when it is not his body. Because that is taking all of Peter's bodily autonomy away. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I will liken it to um, DC Comics and the uh, Tarantula and Dick yeah, uh, Grace. Yeah, I, I, I literally am. I'm, it, it is disgusting in that way. It, his, Peter was violated that entire time. And it, is, it was disgusting. It hurt me in a way, especially as a young 20-something female who mm. was constantly dealing with similar situations, not necessarily in the same way, but, you know, where people think your body is an object and you are not a person. Um, and that is the way I always took that take of Superior Spider-Man. And I thought it was disgusting that he would defend it. And he still does. And it is disgusting to me. Yeah. Uh, um, the, and also so, the yeah. gleeful nature of the deaths in all of this build, including in this issue. Oh, he was so happy about that. And he almost practically was egging us, like gloating about it, specifically to Spider-Girl fans after this issue came out about Peter being dead. And that yeah. was so... I, I remember there gross. was a... Uh, I think he had actually made it to San Diego Comic-Con in this year. Um, I, that, I didn't get that deep into my into, into doing the research on it. But I remember... Um, it may have been New York Comic-Con, one or the other. Uh, just acting so... Oh, he's dead. Dead, 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 dead. And it's like... For fans of, of these stories this feeling of I, there's a feeling of hopelessness that permeates if you are a fan of all these characters that died and i think it's also hilarious that the moment he's no longer a part of like the main books and he gets a chance to write spider-man again what's the first thing he does crafts a story to try to fix all the stuff about this and i i'm like um it's a shock jock mentality it's a howard stern in the 90s mentality well okay oh well you know what you want to bring that up what kind of jokes do how does howard stern like to to bring up like what kind of um sense of humor is it it's sophomore. it's really it's, it's really sexist it's really disgusting Extremely. And uh, yeah, no, I would definitely equate that to Dan Slott. Um, but yeah, no, and I mean, I, I don't know. Like, we're kind of spinning our gears on this again. We didn't want to like have this be a total slot bash fest. Uh, but here's Neil. Hi, I I was asking <laughs> Kelly if I could hop in to say a few words about it just because I have I have skin in the race. Um, so you, you mentioned it earlier, but I have a few more technical things. You mentioned earlier that yeah. like this is very uh, reader un new reader unfriendly to May. You're right on the money. Like it just kind of throws you. It is it assumes that you have read up to the up until 2009. Yes, and and if you hadn't, you're stupid. If you hadn't, we <laughs> don't want you as a fan. I'm like this is the, and I yes. this is why I'm getting angry, and it's because I'm literally getting like flashbacks flashbacks um of twitter in 2014 at the height of dan slot's bullshit and this is i i know i get flack for being the color guy um edgar delgado's no, color it. edgar's delgado's colors i actually think are really good um I, I think that 
Ramos's lines and Olazaba's inks don't really do those colors justice, but I think Delgado kind of carries the entire six issue, the entire six pages on his back. Well, because it's, it's the, such a also the if you read the main story, like the the Ms. Marvel story. Speaking of Ms. Marvel, uh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't this feel a little time morbid? is a flat circle? Doesn't this feel like honestly? Doesn't this feel a little morbid? Like we're literally talking about the nightmare that this starts for Mayday because uh, they essentially break this character, they break this world, and it cannot be fixed. I have likened this to the uh, line. Uh, by Lady Gaga in the telephone music video about <laughs> the, the, mir the mirror. Like, you know, you can break the mirror, but there's always going to be cracks in that MFing reflection. It's Pandora's uh, box as far as death is concerned. Well, but well, that's what I'm saying. But it's it's weird. You know what I mean? It's weird. Because the thing is, is now we know. Um, obviously, Miss Marvel did not die, uh, you know, now here in 2023. She didn't technically stay dead for very long. Instead, you know, she's now uh, looking like a 23-year-old white woman with a tan in a very anti-Muslim um, silk robe when she was cloned Thanks, for, for X-Men. Uh, and now is a mutant. Uh, Zach, we'll talk, we'll talk about that, Zach. Don't yeah, yeah, we'll, I know. We'll talk about that. But again, like, <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very weirdly uh, strange that we have one team up as a main story and then six pages of uh, uh, Event set up as, uh, yeah. some, a story edited by Nick Lowe destroying a female character uh, who is very important to Marvel's history. And uh, now in 2023, we also have Nick Lowe editing uh, an issue that also destroys a very important char female character for Marvel's history. I wanted to I wanted to kind of also point this out, um, but no, you're fine. Um, I, I was rereading this just because um, I was planning on jumping and I didn't plan on running tech support, but um, here I am now. Um, yeah. But reading through it, it, it felt almost pedestrian how Peter was killed off or MC2 Peter was killed off. Like it, I say that as in like we've gotten so used to, wait, to the wait, chalking wait, death. Wait, 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 wait. It was pedestrian, but he come. No, I have to be better than okay. I have to be amazing. No, I mean, I mean, as in French. like the atmosphere, the atmosphere of death. Like we, we've we've seen so many. Like, look at this shocking death. The Marvel universe is going to explode. Uh, Miss Marvel's dead. But that's so. That's the thing, though. Is this issue? No point in time. They they kept. They actually kept this death under wraps. Um, and like I said, they almost gave you a fake out because you almost would assume Mayday May was going to die. Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody, when we saw that cover, I remember in the community, it was not good. And, and yeah. And how dare I, I how, how dare I as, at a, as a 23 year old say, I really hope you're not killing her off and get, and, and getting also, literally getting threats yes. of swatting by his fanboys. Uh, and also, we want to talk I, about how he gets bullied on the internet. Okay. Uh, also, sorry. I do. But, but, I do like, feel like we have to point out here. <clears throat> sorry, uh, I'm just. I'm still. I pot uh, meat kettle. The people, <laughs> the people that protest too much tend to be the ones who cause the most trouble. But, but um, like when I when I say that um, Peter's death felt more pedestrian, it's more like I expected. To kind of, I went in expecting to to be angry at the end of it, like I was back in 2014, and I just felt like. Oh, well, that happened. Okay, who's next? Uh, the emotional. I'm so, used to, I'm so used to death. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I mean, it's events like this that cheapened death to the point where you you, you become this jaded individual where we're like, oh, yeah. Um, and I also want to point out talking about like Kelly's reaction, the reaction of the fandom, since we are the oral history now of, of, of this Spider-Girl fandom. It was not good. In fact, there's even criticisms leveled at slot by by individuals that were valid uh, and were very uh, they valid. Got, they got a target put on their back, still put on their back, even by Marvel themselves, a bad reputation, all because they justly criticized stuff like this by slot. And think about that, because yeah. I, I mean, like we could rip this all off and just say there's a lot of things that, you know, Crawl Space will love to do in Marvel that Marvel won't let them do because of the quote unquote negative nature when the only negative person in that entire discussion and discourse was slot. Yeah, I mean, and, and even, you know, because uh... I'm sorry, why, why did he like want death on somebody who is sick and just didn't like his issue in comics board does anybody remember that i do I, I, well you, you or, or when whenever uh he told a friend to go f himself yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah. That and then fun. how dare how dare you tell me something wrong sorry i'm really angry now um <laughs> uh, well, that's, this okay. weird. That's, that's what people come for uh, well it, it's not hang on i tried my best i tried my best and when we go forward we're gonna t wipe this whole slate clean i knew right. this was gonna happen and I've tried my best. But we the thing is, did. is again, again, and this is the thing that always gets me, especially when we talk about this stuff. And I understand this was 10 years ago. I would hope everybody has grown up a little bit. Um, that's fair. Um, but the thing is, is we can criticize or like we, we are not allowed to criticize essentially. Sorry. So we're not allowed to criticize, but slot can tell people, to go kill themselves slot can go tell people you know basically twist what people are saying to make it all about himself and how you know his life is just being so harassed and ruined and, and essentially and for, for for what for what purpose like because yeah. uh, the thing is is like i'm literally telling you hey i could i could have written those six issues a lot better Zach could have, Neil could have, you guys who are listening could have. And I'm not meaning that in a mean way. We obviously, we are not hired by Marvel. We didn't go into that field. We, we didn't, we didn't we... blackmail somebody into getting an internship. <laughs> who, uh, that person uh, happens to be the co-creator of this character. Of this character are... that he then did this to. And then he <laughs> makes you wonder, was this the intention? Like, was the torture porn intentional? Um, you know, and again, um, look, I'm just going to say it even, even, and I'm not going to go into like what he actually said, but even, even, uh, Ron friends had some very pointed comments towards slot, um, about this story. And I can tell you from the conversations I had with him around the time, they weren't happy. They weren't, they were upset. Um, and we'll talk if about we, that more we, in the if, next episode. I feel I, like we need a Patreon exclusive of what me and Neil figured out 
Because it was a really, yeah. it was a really oh, good joke. That, that, I know, I know what you're talking about. Oh uh, boy, there, there was a line that was real good, we, and we figured it out. It was. <laughs> we, we, did, we did some bona fide Holmes and Watson tier detective work, and we need to, we need to put our, we need to publish that so we um, can get credit. For you okay, know what? All I'm, all I'm gonna say is, um, I believe this was with, uh, was it Three Rivers? Yes. It was who was it? Kate was it Kate Pape? I think so. Okay, uh, go back to a podcast with Ron Friends at Three Rivers uh, Comic Convention with Kayfabe. Yeah. Uh, and just just listen. It's great. It's real great. Uh, it's Ron Unfiltered. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's the it's, best way of describing it is Ron Unfiltered. It's uh, maybe great. one day, Ron, I know you're listening, uh, and I'm not being pretentious when uh, I say look, that. Look, I want everyone to be nice, and um, I don't want to cause anything, but also, again... Um, I don't think this was a respectful thing to do to Mayday. I don't think that this was respectful to the story. And, you know, honestly, it gets worse from here, story-wise. <laughs> Somehow. Wait, there's more. Um, and and so let's, you know what? Let's let's put the button on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we like time. I said, like I said, I knew this was going to take up a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so Neil, you are welcome to hang out, uh, unless okay. you want to stay as the man behind the camera. I can do both. Okay. All right. All right. I have things. I have things to say about this now. Good. Invested. Okay. You All are right. more than welcome to continue to join us. So as Kelly mentioned okay. earlier, I'm going to do the recaps of, yeah. of nine oh, and 10. Also too, we're letting Neil join because misery loves company. There's not enough alcohol for us to have, uh, you know, mis this much misery. I oh, I'm sober. I, I can't drink. <laughs> I wasn't going to do this. Zach, like, I can't I drink anymore. Like, uh, health-wise, I can't. Oh, yeah. See, no. Oh, I'll explain later. It's not important. Anyways, anyway, Zach. Anyway. So, all right. <laughs> if you're following along in the hardcover, I got at Ollie's for nine bucks. Sweet. Um because I didn't pay full price for this thing. Full price for this hardcover, by the way. That's it's nice. either in stock trade or Ollie's. That's where everyone gets their paperbacks and hardcover. Thirty four ninety nine. Lordy, that's not a wait. That's not a, is that a hardcover? It is a hardcover. This is just the slip. Oh, that's the sleep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thirty four ninety nine. It covers seven through eighteen and Superior two and th uh, thirty two and thirty three, and then part of Free Comic Book Day, twenty fourteen. Um, so. Spider-Verse Part 1, because the last part was not Part 1. It was just the prelude. Um, written by Dan Slott. Strike? <laughs> yeah. Uh, written by Slot. Oliver Capiel is the penciler who does the inks as well as this. And in the next issue, Justin Ponsor is the colorist. Uh, Chris Alipios is the letterer. Devin Lewis and Ellie Pyle are assistant editors, with Nick Lowe as the editor, with Axel Alonso as editor-in-chief, Cosada as the chief creative officer, and Dan Buckley as the publisher. This is the exact same group that will be doing both issues. So just for the record, uh, this issue was released on November 5th of 2015, cover dated for January, 2015. So after seeing the death of spider moon, man of earth 449, we have the inheritors show up and we are introduced to loom world, AKA earth 001. We meet more parts of Moreland's family, Verna Diemos, who killed 982 Peter, Morlin, and apparently Morlin has been avoiding the 616. We cut to Peter's sleep, naked. Don't stare at his butt. It's literally a dialogue. Why, why are you... Okay. I guess, I guess you have to bring it up. There's no reason to bring it up. 
for reasons. Zach yes. just Zach just wanted to Zach just wanted to gaff. Yeah, well, uh, well. Silk is there um, and says that Peter should move so they don't ha- behave like they've been behaving. But I'll digress. Uh, I'm really trying here not to. Go I'm sorry. Like I understand. I I understand. I. I really want to make a mail order bride joke here, but I'm not. I made it. I made a joke about how local silk fan re- relearns the character's origins and then jumps out a window. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was like an onion article. Uh, anyway, uh, Peter and Silk go on patrol. They encounter the looter who is working for Hydra. Why? We don't know. Uh, because you demanded it, maybe. Jessica Drew and her protege. I forgot that this was even a thing. Anya Corazon show up, as does Miguel O'Hara and oh Brian Braddock, Spider UK. Uh, there's a second, uh, the first, because there's a second one, but that's completely unrelated. Um, Mayday shows up, and as just as just as she's about to sock one of the goons, Spider Ham makes his first appearance in the main book. Peter, like the rest of us, is confused, and Spider UK opens a time dilation portal to another world. Mayday, un- but before they do that, Mayday decides to unmask to explain that she knows Peter. How? Well, apparently they're trying to insinuate that Earth 982 is the future of the 616. But we've established. No, no that's not what they're doing. Yeah, that but wasn't that... What... no, that wasn't what they were doing. But the way the dialogue was written. No, I, I... no, no, it wasn't. Um, the way it was written um, is ahead, essentially, sorry. Um, basically, what it's saying is, hey, I met you before. You're assuming that when May went back in time and her issues and met 616 Peter, apparently, right. um, that was her actually going back in time. That I don't think is what was it. That's not what this was intending. I think this was almost saying that she's actually hopped a world before. Kind of wow. saying that she actually hopped into 616 and that the multiverse is wibbly wobbly timey wimey. That, that and spiral. That's just, Instead of going back in time, the spiral wasn't going back in time. It was, it was, al- it was... alternative hopping. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. the way that that is always read to me, especially when you go through other little side books in the series mm-hmm. and you realize that that's kind of what they're insinuating is that there has not been time travel in the Spider-Verse. It's only been multi-universe hopping. Go. Sorry. Which is... Again, again, you have to seriously know everything. You have to be reading everything. Yes. And for you to understand any of this damn dialogue. So anyway, go also, ahead. also it assumes that you're interpreting it correctly. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And if yeah. you're not, if you're not, you're not a real fan. And you're, if you're I'm, on Twitter, I guess asking, I'm not a real, guess I'm not a real fan. All asking, right. Asking questions, legitimate questions to certain people. Um, anyway, it's so block. how dare you, how dare uh, you insult my intelligence? Yeah. For not I, being I, a, ch- dice cast. How dare you tell, tell you, me you I'm follow a somebody that I don't like and I'm going to block you. I or, mean, that, or, that's... The, or the you post a Mayday cosplay picture. Block. <laughs> yeah. What? Block. How did that happen? You remind you remind me that I <laughs> you remind me of you reminded him of his failure. <laughs> you remind you remind me of the time I crapped on KFC when it was our sponsor blocked. Oh, God. That's not actually how he blocked me. I think it was something about. Uh, I forgot about the FKFC. Okay, hey guys, hey guys. Um, as Zach goes through, <laughs> uh, listeners who are watching live, please write down your story on how Dan Slot blocked you on the internet. Oh God, we have I jackets. Really, we, yeah, we have jacket, or we're making jackets. So please, um, feel free to tell us your There's story. There's a support as group we're we, forming. Yeah, as 
as we break these down. So, uh, we, Zach, let's get back on track and <laughs> continue the chaos right. in the comments. Anyway, we, he gets uh, he gets told that Marlin has a brother, and this freak makes Peter freak out, and they go into the portal after another team goes to rescue Kane. Kane, Ben Riley of Earth-94, and Spider-Gwen show up to Earth-13, the home of the Captain Universe Spider-Man. At the time, for, the, for those that are wondering, Kane was a part of the New Warriors, and apparently the Inheritors crapped all over the New Warriors. Um, so... The home of Captain Universe Spider-Man, who never lost uh, the the his Captain Universe powers. I broke Omni powers, but that's not correct. Uh, Captain Spidey, as I'll refer to him as, is holding Benji and hands him off to May. May says that he is her world, all the family that she has left. We then cut to Earth 1610, a.k.a. the Ultimate Universe, before Galactus ate it, um, with Miles at his mother's grave and Ultimate Jessica Drew. Uh, the sister of had some pets like Puma and Silver Sable made into a feral cat for some reason. Uh, brings her pets along, attacks. That's the end of the main part of the story. We get an epilogue, tells the story of the Inheritors, and introduces you to the concept of the great web of life and destiny. They eat a bunch of spiders. The end. That's it. <laughs> so... We get to ASM Volume 3, Number 10, Superior Force. Same team as last time, released two weeks after the first issue. November 19th, 2014, cover date, January of 2015. In terms of Mayday appearances in this issue, since we're focusing on Mayday. Well, and, and, and the baby. And Benji. Yeah. They are largely background characters. Benji stays behind in Earth-13 while May goes off with this group. We have a second team who saves Miles and Jessica. This is the second team was formed during the Superior Spider-Man issues, which pre if you're reading along, predate, uh, go between issues eight and nine. Uh, yeah, so, there's there's also some team-ups in between, but yeah. I don't believe May even shows up in those because those are dealing with, like, there's A-team and B-team. Yes. So. Yeah, so um, Superior Team, Team Superior, Team Amazing. I mean, you could label it however you want. Uh, so the team that, goes and saves Miles and Jessica are led by the not so superior Spider-Man. And eventually the two groups come together. P Peter then splits the team to go uh, as they go look uh, and try to find more information. Damo shows up, wreaks havoc, a battle occurs. He's quickly defeated, killed even. Uh, and then we have, I, I think lady spider in 2099 are going to take him to her universe or his universe and go do an autopsy. Uh, but then as other ones show up and there's more battling that occurs, <laughs> May is mad that they are getting away. They eventually get back to Earth-13. And then at the end of the issue, Otto decides that he's going to declare himself in charge, and that's the end of the issue. Most of this issue is, a, is just giant battle set pieces that jump from yeah. plot point to plot point. There's plot not point a to plot point, happen. bringing up another spider, another universe, just yeah. to say that they did. Because again, marketing was king. Story fell to the wayside. Um when when the marketing says we're going to bring in every Spider-Man ever, that was a mistake. Uh, that was the mistake, and also yeah. I, I, I rightfully will point out there was some some spiders they couldn't bring up for legal reasons. Reasons, yeah. AKA <laughs> Spectacular and MTV Spider-Man were sp and Andrew they, Garfield. They, and they dodged the bullet. <laughs> they dodged yeah. the bullet of not being they, involved in this. Yeah. So uh, my notes on uh, nine and ten are. It's, and this is as positive as I can be, but obviously we are going to rip this to shreds again. 
as much as we tried, this this is just terrible. Um, but it's neat to give um, those early issues, like I said earlier, that connect uh, that maybe May didn't go back in time to see her parents, but she went into early 616. And, you know, the dimensions are all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Um, it's a neat concept to use. Um, you know, too bad no one else really uses it from here on out, even though it is brought up in some of the team ups in this specific Spider-Verse and never again. Um, so I, I digress because I actually think it's a cool concept. Um, it's just not used right. Uh, also upset by how uh, May's chest is eating her spider in the panel where she takes off her mask to say, hey, Peter, you know me. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I need to go into boob socks again, but like costumes don't work like that. I really don't know why we need to allude to a naked body on a teenager. We're just going to go ahead and say that. It's gross. Artists stop. Spandex is not body paint. Um, and if you fought crime, you'd want to wear a sports bra or something, you know, supporting you in active movement. Just almost saying. As if having a woman involved like Ellie Pyle should have been like, hey, when she looked at those pages, can we well, do Kelly, something? But yeah, well, yeah. Kelly, you'll be happy yeah. to know, Kelly, that um, David Nakayama has continued the trend. Uh, the newest Spider Gwen miniseries has Gwen with boob socks. Well, and again, I literally like on my last line here, I go, sorry, I won't let you people get your jollies off on uh, Spider Girl. But yeah, no. And I stand by that statement. If they're underage, give them a bra. Please, for the love of God. Okay, thanks. Thank yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, those. Um, and then also, I need to bring up Benji keeps de-aging. Um, I kind of do want to. <laughs> Benjamin Button. He really is. Um, and I also want to talk about the cult light <coughs> aspect of Ham and everyone just immediately being like, no, May, you're not alone. We're your family. Like, this isn't Fast and the Furious. Okay. And Family. And most, Mayday, most, you can't. <laughs> and most of the Parkers, most spiders to begin with, are not the most immediately trusting of sorts. Like, go back to everybody where they're like their actual series or actual what if issue. This is not how they act. And I'm not saying, you know, that they wouldn't be friendly, but like, what happened to the whole concept of, oh, Spider Man is a loner and. And these Spideys don't play well with others. Like, even May wasn't the most agreeable in team-ups in her own world. So, you know, I, I just feel like that needs to be brought up here, too. It feels like we're missing so much context as well because the story is rushed. And things just be... Things, honestly, are just happening because of plot. And they're not organic in how they come across. Which, again, 12-year-old no. boy who just took a creative writing course... Like in a creative writing summer camp for a week, and this is their big story, which is ultimately just a Spider-Man fan fiction. You 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 joke, Kelly, but I was fourteen or fifteen. I was in high school when this started coming out. Um, God, I feel old now. Um, wow, to our world, and this is probably the writing I would have churned out and gone. Wow, this is deep. But but that's that's why I'm bringing it up because this is again, epic. <laughs> again you were a child learning how to write God. another one blackmailed their way into marvel and is now this long-term writer which makes zero sense when most everybody is is freelance now he, except for him he gets to go to the james bond winter cabin is he, every is he the only summer. exclusive marvel writer now i think so 
They can afford free. They can afford. <laughs> they can afford no, it's this. Disney. They can't afford. <laughs> no, they lost five point five billion dollars, and therefore they can't afford anything now. Yeah, I will, no, um, never. I'll say um, this: the the plot the plot is definitely moving this book along. Like. We need to we the, need to we need to get Miles Morales into this book somehow. How do we get there? Oh, just cut to him, and then we'll bring the inheritors to Miles. Uh, and and again, I'm sorry, y'all, that I am so snarky. Um, Benji's also just I've a tried. prop. Well, yes, Benji he is. Benji is a he is not he, a character. Well, he's also, a I mean, in, in fairness, he's going from being you know a year and a half old to a newborn at any given panel. <laughs> That said, he does a, a have newborn, he does have more spoilers. Use. A newborn that is that has enough chunky rolls to be mistaken for an anamorphic pig. Anyway, <laughs> that that said, Benji does have more plot utility than the seven year olds from Wells's run. So he's got that going for him. Good yeah. work, hey, Benji. Hey, no, that is a hey, low bar. <laughs> hey, Romy, Michelle, uh, what's her name, and then the what's other one, Stephanie, uh, and the other one. Um, you know, honestly, like they had potential. No. Oh God. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. So, like you, Kelly, here's my notes. Um, I felt like the way May was drawn at times was incredibly inconsistent. You look at how Silk and Gwen are drawn, and whereas boob socks are not as prevalent, they're adult women. Yeah. Again, whereas... again, the the underage girl is wearing body paint. I'm sorry that somebody needed to get their jollies off on that, but that was disgusting. And I'm going to point that out because there is a particular editor who is still with Marvel who, you know, has defended the issue with her in a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you look at Peter, people like Spider Woman. I put, you know, Spider dot 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 woman. That was not her name in Old Man Logan, I, I seem to recall. It was a far more derogatory name for one. Uh, Ashley Barton. Uh, and oh, Jessica, I said about a different one. No. Jessica, <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I've been, I've, I've had to drop a few curse words. Let's just say her name. Yeah, her name was Spider Bitch in Old Man Logan. I'm Mark Moore. Um, I'm edgy. Me. Silk in particular <laughs> felt weird because her suit was an organic costume that was different than the mess of webbing that was her first outfit. And like, I also don't want to get into the larger thing about how slot writes women in general, but it's incredibly clunky no, here. No, no, let's let's get into it. That's why I okay. can't write women because I was going to go too far. Um, <laughs> but in regards y'all can, to y'all can figure out what I was going to say on why he can't but, write women. Yeah, in regards okay, to Mayday herself, her singular focus is that she's just angry. And I get it. Story context, she just lost her family. She's disoriented, everything like that. I'll but be that honest, is... she actually comes off like legitimately like, okay, I understand this character. And it's almost to the point like she's not breaking down as much as I would assume she would. Yeah, because like, you know. She is, she's like the only one laser focused too. She's like, uh, y'all, I need to save my brother. Uh, I want to get these guys like yeah. we need to get these guys like what's going on here because everybody else is just popcorn that's true it's I a mean, grand old time in the cult it, of the they spider go, they go where the plot needs them to go and yeah Mayday's the only one not... oddly enough Mayday's the only one acting with any agency outside of the plot it's now, true I'll, I'll say this she's not hot headed at least at this point uh, and no it gets worse she's <laughs> Uh, and, and the character never has been hot-headed. I mean, she's been no. very, very level-headed throughout her entire publishing history. And that's one of the elements of her characterization that also makes her stand out compared to Peter, because Peter's temper is well-known. 
but you have MJ's calm demeanor when it comes to that. She always balanced Peter out in terms of his, in terms of his anger sometimes. And we saw that with Peter in the 982. So like you see her raising in, at least in this part of the story. Now, when we get to another part of the story, that's going to be an entirely different thing, but like that, that's, I just need to point that out. Like she is, you're right. She is very laser focused. And I think I, I may have misread it a it, little bit. When it's I the one, it's the one positive I will give her characterization here is she is the only one that is like, I'm ready for this to be over. I'm not a part of you guys. I'm not dealing with this. This is too weird. I'm literally dealing with like the biggest loss of my life. And we'll go into it as I break it down. Cause I, I've, yeah. we've got some scenes where that's dealt with. Um, and she's like, y'all promised to help. Where's, where's this help? Where, what are we doing? Well, everybody <laughs> yeah, else is yeah. like, let's, let's have a pissing contest. Let's fight. Let's party. Woo-hoo. Oh, We're it, family. It, it, it gets, it's it such gets... weird. Like she's the only one trying to hold on. It's what's so funny is it's the character is trying her best to hold on to the actual plot of the story while everybody else is spinning around out of control. So, yeah. Um, that's all my notes. Kelly, you got anything further to add with those two issues? All right. Speaking of <laughs> Kelly, she's going to do the breakdowns for the next two issues. And yeah. I'm going to sit back and, and do the uh, popcorn meme uh, as, as we go. So- I, I thought I was as nice as possible here. But to preface, um, I'm going to pepper in uh, bits and pieces, I assume, as I read, um, you know, because it helps me make some of the characterization for May more bearable. So I'm going to kind of try and connect dots. And this is my brain connecting the dots. Um, AKA I am punching this story up a bit uh, and rewriting it because it is so clunky. It gets so discombobulated, especially in these two issues, the story falls apart. Let's be fair. Um, And you have to, um, you know, like I said, you have to kind of punch this up because it's just, it's not good storytelling. I'm sorry. There's too many cooks involved, too many cooks in the kitchen. It's a mess. And with that, here we go. So ASM volume three, number 11. In the safe zone, May, who's literally in absolute agony and probably still in complete shock over everything, is still reeling from not being able to get Deimos in her grief rage um, that as she looks on to Peter and Doc Ock, essentially, can can I just say it, Zach? Whipping their dicks out for... shits and giggles you know um, basically slot here with the with the confrontation between superior and amazing is basically giving you the battle that it's a dick it's a dick fighting contest it, with a, his yeah. with his oc yes and the one that marvel told told him to put back exactly so anyway um synergy synergy uh, so anyway, so Peter and Ock are fighting for zero effing reason. It's really whatever. And you can see that on May's face in one of those panels where she is just like, cool, this is happening now. Great. Awesome. Cool. So anyway, th- it's a dumb fight. It was a dumb fight to begin with. It's a dumb fight, period. And she asks uh, Mr. Universe, Captain Universe, whatever the heck his name is, uh, to break it up. But he tells him that he can't pick sides, which um, breaking up a fight is literally not picking a side. So what the F? Um, but anyway, thankfully. Because you introduce an omnipowerful being that could have sat there and snapped his fingers and ended all this shit in five seconds. But then you had to sit there and pr- provide no, restrictions no, for he it. Wants, he wants to hold a baby. Why Why isn't he? In, <laughs> wait a second. Why isn't Spider-God in charge? Did, did the Captain Universe powers make him sterile? What? I, I mean. I just, I love the fact that he's, he becomes like. Baby. 
up until this point, he is like literally the babysitter. And, yes. he, wants, and he wants to be the babysitter, but he doesn't want to stop this fight. Oh, Slay. <laughs> you have a you have a literal like war going on in front of a child but you don't want to stop the child or stop the war in front of the child to protect the child but you just want to hold it and be like see Pinchy, this is what this is our future what please help <laughs> anyway 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 um he didn't want to stop the fight he felt like just stopping the fight and being switzerland um you know was picking a side apparently i don't know to tell that um, to but, the Swiss. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, the fight is, is over pretty quickly. And Peter of 616 has declared his dominance. Um, he has the bigger dick. And finally, the plot <laughs> he can move forward. He T-poses on auto. Monkey brain. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, they continue um, to group and find more spiders. And May gets the weird case of the dumbs apparently and assumes no one has spider sense even though she's been aware uh you know that everyone has spider sense this whole time and you know but anything to have a man talk down to her and also talk down to the audience because uh captain universe talks down to her and talks down to the audience and saying this uh you know that oh everyone understands the bad feelings everyone's having because we all have spider sense no, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, so anyway, bad things are afoot, and everyone is warned through the safe. Uh, everyone is warned throughout the safe zone. The inheritors have found their way to World Thirteen. A fight happens. Um, the Great Mister Universe. I keep calling him Mister Universe. Whatever. The Great Mister Universe, and apparently every spider then just suddenly loses hope. Wow. No one wants to fight. They just want to run. Um, May clutches the ever de-aging, now newborn-looking Benji and asks, is that really what everyone is going going to do? They're just going to give up? Is that it? Really? Seriously? And, of course, I'm punching her uh, emotional integrity out because it's very uh, clunky here. But she's like, seriously, that's it? Like, we're, we're not going to go fight? And Moreland punches the crap out of her, knocking her out and causing Benji to be dropped, and then Moreland picks up the now appropriately sized Benji by the leg and declares that Benji is theirs. He is also the Scion. Uh, and that's it for that issue. What is the and, Scion? We'll explain. And it's not It's not a car brand. It should be. Uh, well, RIP the Toyota brand Scion. <laughs> I like that. You, you served also, us well. In, in the final splash page, you have Mayday like screaming, "Oh no, please!" Yeah, no, yeah, she is you. screaming. No, I, I don't feel like that's. I mean, like obviously, I would be. You know, her entire thing has been to try to keep her brother safe, and now the inheritors have him. Yes. So, anyway, now we're moving on to Amazing Spider-Man Volume Three, Issue Twelve. Baby Benji is back to being a newborn, and Morlin explains what a scion is. Um which is basically the youngest totem in any universe. So he is the youngest spider in all of the universes ever because woo totem bullshit. Uh, everyone is like, hold the line. Let's see what they do. While Moreland holds a baby he wants to eat. Nobody wants to run and fight and save Benji. They just want to sit back and watch, which happens a lot. As I keep pointing out, happens a lot because plot, right? Uh, literally, May is the only one talking sense, but she's still not doing anything. 
I'm going with she's in total shock and this is like the freeze part of her PTSD dealing with this, but like it could just be terrible writing, probably. <laughs> um, so some spider somewhere tells them to forget the child. I'm giving that line to Doc Ock because let's, but like the spider is literally cut off from the panel. So I don't know which spider said it. And that's when the, the spiders attack, but only after. And again, I'm sorry. It's just this issue starts off so fan fiction written by a preteen and that's only taken four weeks of a creative writing class summer school. And uh, I know that that's harsh. I'm trying to be kind. I am. But this scene is clunky and bad. It's real bad. Uh, so anyway, moving on. May sets her sights on Moreland and getting her brother back. She chases Moreland and totally doesn't have some weird I'm going to get you while not actually moving in her spider-like agility, uh, you know, and really just sort of like slowly creeps towards Moreland in this scene um, kind of moment. That totally doesn't happen. It does happen. It's really weird. Uh, anyway, and Moreland knocks her back like it's nothing and leaves through his portal. May screaming no as she gets up. The team, the team Peter, so Peter team of 616, uh, went off to get Laporidon and the Emissary of Hell to finally go after Solus, who I guess was just standing around on break while the other spiders went after Moreland, who took <laughs> off with the baby, a literal baby. Um, and I'm going to continue to bring that bring up that so many spiders just stood there and let a monster run off with a baby and didn't do shit. Like, I'm just going to keep bringing that up. Um, so just, just, you know, just, just, I think that that's an important thing to point out. Uh, so anyway, as the mech beats on Solus, May reminds them that Solus can tell them where her brother is. Peter of 616 goes on a guilt trip, finally. Uh, because at least, you know, he does seem to care about what's going on, but he's got a plan. And for that plan to work, they all need to run from Solus, uh, you know, who would be able to tell them where Benji is. Because apparently no one is understanding that the inheritors want to eat the baby. Anyway, May gets dragged uh, away into a portal by 616 Peter into prehistoric Earth 8847. Mace finally had it. As 616 Peter tries to tell her, hey, look, we'll find your brother, I promise. May's over it. These guys are a bunch of fakes. No one is sticking to any sort of plan, and everything is so convoluted, and there are too many damn cooks in the kitchen. No one cares about her brother or the fact that she just lost her family and her boyfriend and left without knowing what happened to her world. She was taken away from the fight by these other spiders who do absolutely nothing unless some random male tells them what to do. More and more spiders are coming in and it seems like their problems are far more pressing. Screw it. Just screw it. May's baby brother, the only family she has left, was taken to be eaten. That's not a story to save for later, even though for these creatives with this story, it's because they need to mil milk this event for all it's worth. So plot dictates things will work out later. Um, but as far as stakes go here, this is high, very high. And this is far more serious than everyone who is still alive to be dealing with. Yet no one seems to care about what's happening to Spider-Girl happening to the spider girl as they brought up in issue eight. So yeah, May is finally effing had it. And even as 616 Peter tries to talk to her, he gets distracted hearing Jess on the, t on the 
communicator, Comlink, meaning he doesn't even care that much about May's distress to, to like, you know, ignore a call for a couple seconds to talk to her. So again, this story is so everywhere in a bad way. And May is kind of the audience to this <laughs> insanity because she is the only one trying to keep the story straight. Um, so we next see May fighting with the inheritors who have followed them into prehistoric Earth. None of the spiders can really get away when they know their every move. Okay. Uh, at the inheritor's lair, Morlin gives the newborn-looking Benji to Bora and Brix to look after. And even though they let the bride, a.k.a. Silk, slip, because, you know, Silk, mail-order bride, um, slip through their fingers earlier, Jessica runs into them after getting scrolls from the web weaver thing um, and sends them to 616 Peter. He takes the scrolls to get a message to Cindy that she's found... Uh, and gets a message from Cindy that she's found a new possible safe world. Peter and co jump to it and they find that the air is inhospitable, but we see a webbed arrow that follows into an underground bunker. Cindy tells 616 Peter to brace himself because inside the bunker is uncle Ben to be continued. It's uncle has been as I, as I deemed him. We don't, we don't know that yet. Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, was I too snarky? No, no, you were appropriate amount of somehow. Snark. Somehow, I made that. I actually made that entire dialogue far better. I just want uh, everyone to understand that I really did. If you go back and read the issue, uh, you'll understand that uh, I gave far more emotion than what did. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we we sit there and have these jump. Okay, so, so like some of the scenes in this book, you have these jump cuts where we're jumping to like, oh, hey, and here's here's the ultimate Spider-Man. You got the ultimate Spider-Man of the animated series, and you have the ultimate Spider-Man of his ultimate universe doing riding around in Peter Park car, going, having these multiversal shenanigans where they went and got the 1967 Spider-Man and, and, and the Spider-Man of like the little... Uh, uh, Chris Olympios uh, comics from the was, 1990s. I thought you were going to say Lego Spider-Man. He's yeah, one of the I mean, best ones. Basically, basically what we are getting right now is what you got at the beginning of Spider-Verse, mm -hmm. the movie, but far that was far better written than this shit. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so to my notes, the first thing I wrote in my notes was... <sighs> I just felt like I needed to point that out. This story proves that only a handful of writers can write stories of such a scope. When you think of universal spanning events, such as the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, Kurt Busiek's Avengers versus an, uh, JLA Avengers, uh, Jeff John's Green Lantern is extremely hard to write as large a cast of characters and keep this a cohesive narrative. If you weren't reading the ancillary material, that is attached to this event. You don't know what. I'm going to use my one F-bomb. What the fuck is going on? Um, it's a discombobulated mess. Even in those stories. in the, Like in this story. There is a paring down of characters to manageable level, levels. But to be at the core of the story. The heart of the story. You're you're pairing all these characters down because you have these side quests that you decided to arbitrarily make because you let the, frankly, the, the marketing department take over. And I'll be honest, the ancillary materials that spun out of this story, I tend to like more 
than the main book. And I was routinely reminded as I'm reading this of that. It's when I speak of positives about this story, it's not about the main story. It's about things like Scarlet Spiders. And, and it's going to be a problem that we're going to not only discuss here, but in future Spider-Verse multi-traversial things. So, Kelly, final final thoughts on this part. My final thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, wow, this story quickly falls apart. Really, really quickly. Uh, by its constant need to bloat the cast up and you know, get every single spider involved and highlighted, which, hey, it's what this event was supposed to do for the better or, you know, and for better or worse, I will give it that it does do what it mar was marketed to do. Um, but in terms of what this story is for Make Mine Mayday, May's storyline is at least complete, like it gets completely just, it falls apart and is swept under the rug until the end. And, you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, that's what these Spider-Man, these Spider-Men want to do. They want to sweep her under the rug because their problems are more impor important. And most of them are like, as I stated earlier, as crassly as possible, a dick whipping contest. Like it's so. Because you demanded it. Yeah. Because men only read these comics, right? Um, You know, it's not very Spider-Man of them to not be focused on, you know, saving lives because none, of them, are, none of them are none of them are focused on saving a life. Period. Like an innocent little baby should have been top priority to keep away from the inheritors, and no one cared. Literally, no one cared. Literally, someone who was probably superior Spider-Man said, "Who cares about the baby?" I mean, like think it, about that. It's it is Otto. So well, it is. But I, like I he's said, the only one in character in this entire story because it's slots huh, OC. Wonder, yeah. So anyway, it, it's just, it's not very Spider-Man of them. I know some people love this event and, you know, it was popular and it did help put Miles and other major characters on the big screen and it did some good in the end, but this thing is a mess and it just gets more convoluted and confusing the further we go. But at least we are now set up for a welcomed, even though not under the best circumstances, a Tom and Ron issue. It's so. our palate cleanser for the rest of this event. Yeah. You get the um, one and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to, to kind of dovetail on that point, you know, we will talk about this definitely also more in the next episode. Um, the plot's driving the characters. The characters aren't driving the plot. What? Where's the plot? There is no plot. The plot is everything <laughs> is. Well, hang on. Everything is reactionary. The, the every single solitary thing that happens in this story is Peter reacting. Even when even when Slotto, um, is in quote unquote in charge of his team, they're still all reacting. They're not being proactive at any point. And then you get the you get to the point where we we you know we find out that the master weaver is a turncoat in this story. At this point in the story, we get given these magical effing scrolls 
that are supposed to solve all the problems. And again, if you're not reading the ancillary material, if you're just reading this hardcover, you're I don't not going to get you're screwed. You're not getting the story. You don't get the story. You don't understand it. And I, I don't want to bring that fact up too about stuff like that because again, it's like, oh well, you need to be reading this and that. So way back in early 2000s fan fiction land, I wrote fan fiction. I actually was one of the writers in a very large Batman Beyond community, and I was one of the youngest. Right. And when I put my work out there, and of course, again, I was 12, 13, I was really young and probably didn't deserve half the hate and the tone that the criticism was given. But when I put my work out there in the public and it got destroyed or certain bits and angles got demolished, even I knew then not to take it to heart. Because I distinctly remember a lot of discussion about Mary Sue's and what is and isn't a Mary Sue in OCs. And I got, I got destroyed. I still take that with me every time I read something because it taught me to be better. It taught me to write better. And even though I didn't go into the profession and know I'm not a Marvel comic writer um, because I have uh, morals and (laughs) um, I respect my mental health enough to not write for Marvel. But again, I, I put my stuff out there in the public for free and got destroyed. And at 12 years old, I could take that. And this is at 12 years old where like a girl, you know, would say Kelly's fat in the schoolyard and I would bust out crying or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was nasty mean girl drama at home, but I could still take someone saying, Hey, this character is crap. It's a Mary Sue. You've overpowered her X, Y, Z here, X, Y, Z there. I could still take that and understand, okay, what can I do better? How can I be better? And that's something that did not happen here. Mm -hmm. And this was a large beginning of the end for Marvel in terms of criticism. We are basically, these podcasts and what we do are essentially the the fanfiction.net or AO3 comment section. That's what crawlspace is that's what spidey dude is that's what spider talk is we will give you know positive feedback when it's deserved and negative feedback when it's deserved based on what we understand and i'm saying that just to be as neutral as possible because we could all go into who said what and if that's actually valid but again you know we're all coming at it though for wanting a better story this is the first time where anytime we spoke like that out loud online and even now, like, cause this is kind of what I want to preface before I let Zach talk mm-hmm. is as you can see, we've completely ripped this thing to shreds and we did try so hard, so hard. I mean, we spent be positive. We had multiple discussions before this episode talking about it. Because we did, we wanted to try to be fair, but the when, but again, there comes a certain point where, if I'm being fair, this is not good from an objective standpoint. And that's what I'm trying to make sure that this is understood. Because back in the day, when 
when we basically did the same thing, mm-hmm. people were completely destroyed. Marvel pretty much allowed any and all criticism to be twisted as uh, trolling and as hate. And that's not the case. And it's not the case then. It's not the case 10 years after now no. in the current day. And that's something I want to make sure is stressed because I'm sorry, you are a professional writer. You are a professional editor. You can take the criticism and, and look, and you can, and you can use it and be better, or you can choose to ignore it and move on with your day. Well, and look, and I also want to specifically specify, cause I literally just retweeted something about since it is San Diego weekend, uh, there is the Marvel legends reveals that happened this weekend. And one of the guys, Dan, who's part of the team has his own personal Twitter account that people, if you're a fan of that stuff, like of Marvel Legends stuff, you should follow because he's going to give you information. Right. And they'll take constructive criticism. It's when you're not being constructive and those that choose not to be constructive, we're not talking about you and you should be called out called to the carpet for that not saying you're you don't deserve to be passionate because we're passionate we rip this thing to shreds but we try to be as objectively fair and reasoned with our criticisms like y'all y'all do not understand the phone calls and the the message threads that we had we tried so hard we've been we've 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 been dreading this on a certain level because and we've been worried about it because we don't want certain people to take what we're having to say and turn around and twist it. And uh, look, well, for too, those that make... I, well, too, this is also this... Spider-Verse, for some fans, is the first time they ever saw Mayday. And I, I, I'm very happy that y'all saw Mayday and chose to love her and start your journey with her from here mm-hmm. because... This is not the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is her darkest moment. So thank you uh, for being there and you know for for doing that. But they have a whole they have a whole series showing you the correct way to. Yeah. Well, it. now, well, yeah. Look, but and, that's what I'm saying is that I I know that, and I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, we're bashing this thing that you hold dear and you treasure. But going, you know, we we have been reading this series. I mean, like, we're not just sitting here writing notes from what we remember. We are rereading everything. Everything and, is fresh when we write our notes. And we are diving deep and we're going into it and we're seeing it with current eyes and we're remembering what, you know, how we read it for the first time and trying to bring this big, complete collection to you guys as a fan and say, this is what it was like to be a fan. And so, like I said, if you've been reading with us, you understand how much of a gut punch this is. If this is your first episode, welcome. <laughs> you jumped in a really Sorry. rough time. <laughs> uh, and, and we've made, look, throughout this show's run, we've made the we've made jokes about it being the best of times and the worst of times. Well, this, but it's a dark moment. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's it's a, dark a dark story. Moment, and it's, it's a dark story. It's a dark moment for Mayday, but it's also just a really dark time for comics in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do feel like the creativity and the zest for life uh, was taken away out of Marvel and DC uh, within this time period. 
from 2011 to 20 to now, honestly, it's been really bad. Well, and it it also goes to the, to the, all the corporate structuring and and changes and sapping away the creativity, creative element. Marketing Uh, is king. Um, Marketing story falls to the wayside. Uh, As I said uh, before we literally started, uh, one of the biggest issues of this story, and it's, it's partly slots fault, but it's also a massive amount of, of, of fault should lie at the feet of the editors. And frankly, at the marketing department, um, the scope and level of story that you're trying to tell was always going to collapse on itself because there's so much going on that you're, especially in this story, you're required to read all this other stuff. And I remember I had just rejoined Crawl Space around this time. And I remember doing the Spider Satellite books. And I remember it was like 37 books on a Spider Satellite, like the second iteration of Spider Satellites. It was like me and Ashley and Brad. And I mean, it was like an absurd amount of material that you have to read to understand this story. And that's, this is a blueprint that they have now followed over and over on a damn near yearly basis ever since. And and you wonder why we're all burned out. Yeah. And and look, at this point, I was, uh, 2014, we've been doing Crawl Space at that point since 06, so almost, it was eight years at that point. Um, Like, we hadn't, it, it it wasn't like it was our first rodeo and we just started. So we under we were reading all this sequentially in order. We had read all the superior stuff and everything like that. So um, to come back and, and now take it as a snapshot is it's difficult. And so look, uh, there's some announcements that we'll be making that involve slot, not himself, but like slot books that we've talked about over the years, and that'll be coming on our other show. But again. We on everything that we approach, whether it is the current stuff or the stuff of the past, we will be try to be as objective and fair as humanly possible. Even if it, if it's stuff we enjoy, if, if you if you've watched us for a long time and we've got we've had a consistent number of, of viewers watching us live, thank you for watching us live. Um, you know, when there's something that we don't like and we something we disagree with, we'll rightfully call something out. Yeah, well, I, I think our, our... This, this we're not afraid to say what we need to say and express ourselves and express our opinion. But, yeah. you know, we're not just sitting here saying it's we this sucks to say it sucks. We're not as much as like, yes, we were definitely making fun of slot. And I'm sorry, his his actions have caused this. Uh, this is a yeah. re- we are reacting. we we like like, the characters are all reacting to this (laughs) anyway Um, it's it's like that uh segment on deadliest warrior where the guy would go up to the pun to the mannequin and just start stabbing with a knife it's like wow that was the easiest target in the world Death by um, a thousand cuts. yeah and, and again i'm not trying to be mean about it like i said this has been 10 years ago this was we're also and also for those that made threats both yes to to him don't. That's yeah. stupid. One, That's don't, egregious. Don't, don't threaten. Like, you know, y'all can tell I'm not a fan of, of Nick Lowe, especially not lately. Uh, right. I'm never going to sit there and threaten his family. Honestly, I hope he has a very nice, peaceful life. Uh, I just wish he would go to editing uh, 
books he actually cares about. Like I actually want him to find joy in life and joy in what he does. Uh, same goes for slot. Like honestly, yeah. like everybody, I want them to find things that they're actually productive in and that they can grow in and that they can not be so focused on, <clears throat> on the quote unquote haters um, that, you know, that they have created this us versus them mentality towards. Cause I don't think like that either. Because like it's I cyclical said, and, and, and we're, we're at that same cycle right now. I mean, yeah. it, it, that was what this, what we're talking about in these books, that, that mom mentality. Don't that's do so it. often because there, that's kind of what's, what's happened with this us versus them mentality. And so then anytime anybody says anything that is actual valid criticism, it is twisted and drowned into, out to trolling and hate, which it's not. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so oh, be respectful. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, and, don't, don't be a dick. Like what you like and don't be a dick. Yeah. And also, and also make sure to be rational in your criticism. If you give yes. very technical, very precise criticism, it makes it much harder for them to rebuke. It was just, Oh, you're a hater. Um, Spider Which I, versus... fa I failed at today. I'm Sp sorry. I got no, mad. You, you did fine. <laughs> Spider versus bad. Wow. This water is wet. Um, but the problem <laughs> is that it, it, when you seed ground to the publisher and say like, Oh, you, you give them criticism to go, Oh, these are just the haters. It, it gives precedent for a much more extreme. Um, I'm not going to name names. We all know who I'm talking about to take over the comics criticism community and then poison the well so that when there's actual good faith criticism, um, it's buried under a bunch of uh, other garbage that makes our Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and uh, again, um, look, I, I have often said that, um, that Dan Slott is welcome on any of my programs maybe not this one but um, i mean look look if he wants to come chat like i'm not gonna say anything but at the same time i'm also not gonna hide people's questions no i'm not and, and, and look I, and we didn't we didn't bring up a lot of the comments tonight because frankly we wanted to make sure our focus was direct right that um, and time so yeah speaking of time yeah let's, let's start wrapping it up because we're almost at two hours yeah so so with that being said, <laughs> sorry. Those, no, that's good. That, that's a that's a, that's a it's, it's a segue. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a segue. All right. So, if you want to, uh, first of all, thanks for Neil for helping out with us tonight. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we need to go over next episode, which of course yes. is the remainder of Spider Verse. Uh, so if you didn't already know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have my little calendar. Uh, in front of me, but we actually have everything planned out uh, for uh, at least up to the end of Spider-Geddon. So anything that has not been made this year um, should be finished by the end of this year. Um, but we're going to go over doo -doo -doo, as I lost my place, but we're, we're going to finish up Spider-Verse. Uh, we'll start with Tom and Ron's issue in Spider-Verse team up number three and conclude the story in Amazing Spider-Verse or Sp Amazing Spider-Man volume three, 13 through 15. Yippee. Uh, so definitely stay tuned if you definitely want to continue to hear some snark. Uh, I promise things do get better um, because after that, of course, we'll go into Spider-Girls and Spider-Geddon. And, and um, 
and then we'll take a small break. And then of course we'll go into everything that's happened this year. And uh, next Yay. time you see me on this show, I will be in a different location. Uh, for those that are watching us live on YouTube, you might have seen like the blank space of the wall behind me. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, I, and I'm looking, look, I'm looking forward to finishing this event. Um, I'll still be here. We might not, bring on the, not on this, not on the show. <laughs> Probably not. But I mean, I'm look, uh, if you have something you want to say about something or if we need you uh, as a man behind the chair and you want to pop in, it's always cool. You can be this, you know, Zordon to me and Kelly's Power Ranger, I guess. I try to do a Zordon voice, but I don't think. No, I can. no, no. Let's. Dave, no. David Felding, you are not. Uh, find, find some thirty-year-olds yeah. with attitude. Thirty. <laughs> we definitely are. That that honestly, that is the tagline of tonight's episode: thirty-year-olds with attitude, 30. <laughs> and, and a tw- and a twenty-four-year-old just off to the side. <laughs> Uh, again, for everybody watching uh, live on YouTube, thank you for watching. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, which was definitely important in the lead up to this episode, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at uh, Facebook's at Spidey Dude Network, also on Instagram and on Threads. Uh, we have Twitter, at Spidey Dude Radio, and at Make Mind Mayday. Uh, obviously, if you are listening to the audio edition, follow us on YouTube. So you get to uh, see us talk about these books live. Uh, and of uh, at Spidey Radio Network, TikTok uh, at Mayday, Make My Mayday, and at Spidey Network. Also, you can always find all of our shows here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network shows, such as those shows like Clone Soccer Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, Amazing Spider Man Classics, Sal Buscema Era Podcast has a new episode out, as well as Voices from the Eerie. So if you have not checked those out, check those out. Subscribe to them on your favorite podcasting catchers. And of course, check out Books of X, which is part of our Patreon page at patreon.com slash spidey Dude network we got our spidey Dude vips scott sebastian vinkman winnipeg webhead and then our friendly neighborhoods here you see them on the screen i will be giving them the audio shout out on the audio edition and hey here is that shout out thanks again to our patrons such as greg lisa and ultimate fangirl.exe thank you guys for your support then we have sensational tier patrons allison cindy ed georgia adam janelle jurgen jessica Catherine, Kale, Kegar, Laura Howard, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, and Vicky. Thank you guys for all your support and all your help out here at the Spidey Radio Network. We cannot wait to bring you more great content. And with that, we'll see you next time here on Make Mine Mayday. <laughs>